Kyle Lippincott here with Thor Smith, Bucket Stock News. Uh, we've got some really cool things happening with, with our podcast episodes coming up in the next handful of weeks. Um, Court and Chase Richards with Lone Star Buck and Bull Genetics are having a sale July 22nd in conjunction with the Cheyenne Frontier Days uh, benefiting the Western Sports Foundation. And they're going to be giving away some, some pretty cool prizes um, throughout our, our podcast episode um, with, with some trivia-type stuff. Um, and this week, in this, this podcast episode, we're going to give away one straw Cowboy Casanova. Uh, Thor, let's tell them how, how they can be put into the drawing. So after this commercial, from the start of our episode all the way through the end, we want you to count the number of times the word bull is used. Once you've counted up how many times we've used the word bull, comment on the Facebook page about this podcast with your number. If you're, you're, all the correct answers will get put into a hat, and the, the correct and one number will get drawn out of the hat, one name will get drawn out of the hat, that person will win a straw Cowboy Casanova. Now the guys that don't get drawn out of the hat, Kyle, they're going to do something pretty cool with them too, aren't they? Yeah, after after week week seven or, or or week seven, those those the winners, the people that guess the right uh, answer throughout the next series of podcasts will be put into a, a hat drawing for a 2019 uh, born heifer from Lone Star Genetics. Um, so so there is a, a incentive even if even if you're not the one drawn for the specific prize that week. And this is all leading up to their sale in Cheyenne, which is when? July 22nd. Um, it, it will be held in conjunction with the Frontier Days, uh, benefiting the Western Sports Foundation. They're going to offer a, a great set of yearling bulls, uh, full interest, half interest, sired by some outstanding sires. Um, they're, they're Lone Star Buck and Bull Genetics, they, they've raised uh, bulls such as War Cloud and, and PBR favorite Airtime. Uh, I mean, just, just some outstanding genetics. Uh, I think it'll be a sale that, that everybody wanting to get into the game or, or buy a winner should pay attention to. Well, every every podcast for the next seven weeks is going to have a different word and it's going to have a different prize. But this week, the word to count is bull. So put your number in the comments below and maybe you'll get lucky. Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of Buck and Sock News Podcast, powered by Two Bulls. Uh, Kyle Lippincott here with Thor Smith. Thor, we were we were in Decatur for the ABBI's American Heritage South. Uh, first year for it to be in Decatur, they moved it from what was the west in Los Lunas, New Mexico, to uh, Decatur. Bunch of bulls, and, and a lot of bulls really bucked. What, what, uh, what did you think about it? I had a good time, man. It was a fun event. Um, a lot of bulls. We even got to watch some bucking horses, and that was cool. We don't get to experience that a whole lot, but I really, really enjoyed that and got to talk to those people and had a good time. Yeah, the UBHA kind of teamed up with ABBI there to have their their horse fraternity, and that was, that was pretty neat, watching them, them colts. They, I got to talk to some of them guys kind of in between them horses, and like we were talking, you know, that them horses, they, they had but one or two or three trips in their life versus a two-year-old bucking bull has got – only god knows how many trips nowadays that, you know that's what i thought was so cool uh yeah just and then i think it was guy french that went on to say 
they're only going to buck, uh, I guess, the three-year-olds, they'll only get like three more trips this year or something. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Of, of outs that they're allowed, you know, like in the bull deal, hell, you're allowed many outs oh. as you want. Oh, did I misunderstand him? I, I, so that's actually like a UBHA rule? That wasn't – I thought that was like his preference. You're saying that no. was a rule? Yeah, that's a rule. They're only allowed three outs to qualify to the finals. Oh, oh, at competition. not not. He can practice them as much as he wants, but at competition yeah. he can only enter so many times. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So, um, Kind of moving on to our, our weekly schedule presented by Two Bulls Fortified with SQM Minerals. There's a busy, busy week coming up. Uh, quite a few events this week, um, but obviously the books have already closed for those. Um, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven events. May 25th, uh, Chillon, Washington, WSBBA, Arsdale, North Carolina, uh, Jerome and, and Tiffany's event, Clone, South Dakota, MBBA event, uh, Mark Ward's doing a fraternity in North Platte, Nebraska, kind of along with his bull riding there, uh, Bucking in the Sticks, Locust Grove, Oklahoma, May 25th, also in Ashflat, Arkansas, Blue Collar Fraternity, um, on then on Sunday, May 26th, there's a fraternity and derby in Fort Scott, Kansas. Um, so like anywhere in the next next week, you you want to go across the country, you you can you can pick a place to go um, with, with your competition bulls. And moving on uh, to the to June 1st, there's there's three ABBI co-sanctioned events: um, the Buckers Unlimited in in Kingsburg, Colorado, uh, all classes. Um, that's that's a really good event. I went to it last year. Um, another blue collar event, New Albany, Mississippi, and then the Border Town uh, Casino and Arena has their first limited series event, June first. Uh, the Bulls pretty much had to qualify uh, through three events to be determined a limited bull to to be able to enter in that class. So lots of lots of bull events coming up, Thor. Yeah, man. I'm excited. All right, we're going to try to go to uh, that one on June 1st, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we're going to try and go up there. and, and uh, Where's it at in Colorado again? Kingsburg. Uh, Kingsburg. Kind of, I want to say kind of by Lyman, but I'm not exactly sure. I got you. I think our, our guest today is, is going to be uh, a good time. Uh, former bull rider, four times to the PBR finals, two times to NFR, um, and, and Melton Bull Company. Uh, Corey Melton's with us today. Corey, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? <clears throat> good, man. Couldn't be better. Couldn't be better. Good. So uh, we, you, you, I'm looking at your Pro Bull stats here. 937 records on Pro Bull stats. How many more do you think you got on? Oh, no telling. Uh, you know that deal was kind of coming around and was fairly new, and and it would get probably 75 percent of the bulls you got on. Usually it seemed like per year, and uh, so there's probably a couple hundred more on there at least. I would say no, no, I couldn't give you an exact figure. You lose count <laughs> after about a hundred anyway. So, how many of them do you remember? You know, I remember the ones that bucked me off really hard, and the ones that rode really good. Everything mm-hmm. in between, I probably don't remember. <laughs> yeah, might, might have to scroll through here see if we can't find one to stump you with. Oh, there was, there, there. It gets uh, harder to remember every day. <laughs> There's no telling how many bulls you you probably been on. I mean, prior to your professional career. Yeah, because we we went pretty hard in the amateur rodeos in Texas and Louisiana, and I mean, we were 
Uh, I remember it was me and Mike Lee. Uh, we were, you know, 16 years old, and we went somewhere pretty regular, uh, especially in the summertime, and, you know, probably got on another 100, 200 bulls a year. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, we, we, we stayed hard at it for, for a good while. How old were you when you started getting on? Uh, I started when I was about 10, and then uh, kind of rode a year or two, then took a break, played a little baseball, and uh, and then came back, kind of started up again, and then by the time we was in high school, we started pretty much full-time, and, and uh, was pretty steady after that from then on, so uh, yeah, it was it was a busy busy career. What what about your your family? Did did you grow up in the rodeo deal, or or were you kind of I guess the black sheep did something different? No, I was I was uh, I was indoctrinated in it pretty much. My father rodeo, you know, had a rodeo company, hauled bulls. He pretty much did it all from one end to the other, and uh, so and he had done retired and and quit the rodeo business when I came around, but uh, was still in the cow business and, and uh, you know, still ran a ranch and the whole deal. So, uh, yeah, it was, I really didn't, uh, they, they pushed me to do everything but ride bulls, but uh, I'd done made up my mind. So, uh, yeah, it was it was the last thing they wanted and the first thing I wanted. Mm-hmm. Did, did you try Did you try any of the other events? No, you know, when I, when I was little, uh, my neighbor calf roped, and I tried to calf rope a little bit, and I was terrible. And uh, and 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 usually, you know, everybody had some pretty fancy calf horses, and I was usually riding an old ranch horse or an old pickup horse or something that that uh, I couldn't ride anyway. And uh, so, yeah, I wasn't a good calf roper. And then we did some some uh, shoot dogging and stuff like that, and kind of figured out what we wanted to do, but I just didn't really like any of them like I like bull riding. So uh, we got, uh, I was pretty eat up with it, and and we, we uh, everything I did revolved around bull riding. Still, and still kind of does transition. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it still does. It's, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, I guess it's something you like or you don't like, but I've been fortunate enough to do it pretty much my whole life, and, and I keep thinking I'm going to get tired of it one day, and I haven't yet, so. <laughs> so so what about uh you know kind of looking at, at when you were riding bulls in your career to has has the sport progressed you know since to now from when you were going and and cool to see it be growing or what's what's your opinion on the direction that bull riding is going you know i, I think it's it, it's changed for certain uh i think you know obviously it's grown and everything's got bigger and the, and the money's bigger and, it, and it's mainstream uh you know, but when I was riding, that was as big as it was at the time. So, you know, mm-hmm. you were you were at the top of the of the of the pile, and then uh, it, it didn't get any bigger. And, and so, when I quit and to see it progress, it, you know, it, it's good. It's good for bull riders and and, and bull haulers and and everything in between. But uh, it, no, it, it's neat to see it progress and have been around long enough to see it actually. You know, when you were when I was young and first came around. Uh, you know the old guys were there, but you didn't really understand the full scope of how it got to where it was. I guess you could say because it was a, a big transition from rodeo to bull riding, and and kind of really evolving the sport. And uh, so here we are, 20 years later. And I mean, it's it's kind of what you hoped it would be 20 years ago. So mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, so kind of like went from did you did you rodeo first and then go to the PBR or, or were you when you made NFR were you riding bulls in the PBR at the same time it, it kind of all came at the same time 
I believe it was in 2001, I had bought my PRCA permit and my PBR permit, and you know, things were kind of up and down, but at the end of 2001, I uh, got to riding really good and had won some touring pros and then had got enough qualifications in my rodeos, so when January rolled around for uh, the 2002 season, I was going to both full-time, and I'd got on tour at Guthrie, which was about February, March, and uh, and was rodeoing too that that year at Denver, I'd won second and kind of got me seated for all the big winter rodeos and, and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So by March, I was on tour and, and in the top 15 basically in the PRCA and, and just went on with it. I mean, it was kind of, I was going to go wherever I had the most success and it kind of happened at both times at the same time. And uh, so, you know, we just rolled on. I got I got one for you here, Corey. I want you to tell me about Nampa, Idaho in 2004. PBR, I guess probably built Ford Tough is what they called it back then. Bud Light Cup, maybe even I don't know. You remember that? that yeah, one? yeah, yeah. Who'd you get on there? I don't remember what I rode in the long round, but I had Werewolf in the short round and yeah. rode him. And nobody remembers because Michael Gaffney rode Little Yellow Jacket, the next guy out, with about <laughs> 95 points. So, so I got oh. off and threw my hat and thought I'd really done something. And, and the next guy, you know, made you uh, recent history. So, uh, you know, how many uh, were you? I think I was ninety or ninety-one. I can't remember. And uh, and like I say, I thought I'd really done something, and and my celebration was short-lived. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. I was in Fort Worth one year in the in the short round of the Extreme Bulls, and uh, pretty much same thing. I rode one, just a good one, and then they rode Blackberry Wine for eighty-nine, and then they rode uh, uh, Fender Bender for ninety, and then Cannon AC. Just after that, rode War Dance for ninety two or ninety three, and I, well, fourth place for the round. All right, good enough. Yeah, Let's move on. Pretty, pretty tough round there, but yeah, I, I was I was glad at least if I got beat, it was by a ride that everybody remembers and saw, and and, and it was a uh, it was pretty neat to witness in person too. So, no, I bet uh, yeah, especially being that bull didn't get rode hardly ever. No, you know I was kind of around the majority of that bull's career and. He wasn't everyone you wanted to dodge, but you knew if you drew him that you know he he you never knew what he was going to do, and and I mean it was he he was he was a three time world champ and, and he deserved every bit of it because he could buck anybody off any day. How did old werewolf feel underneath it? You know he was pre- he he wasn't too bad. He's actually pretty easy on the days I had him because uh, he stayed in the air so much, he didn't have a whole lot of power. The hardest part about him is just he would do the same thing. He never knew which direction he was going to go and, and where he was going to land. And uh, mm-hmm. if you could just kind of keep him gathered up there, he wasn't too bad. But if you ever let him, you know, get the jump on you, and he, he had a big jump out of the chute, and that was where he got most people. So if you could kind of get past the first jump or two, you could, he, he wasn't too bad. But, man, I saw him. He never had his best day with me, but I saw him have some days where he was as good as bull, any bull you ever seen. He was and, he uh, was something else. I I wasn't there, but he wrecked out a good friend of mine, Tag Elliott, pretty bad. Luckily, Tag survived it and was all right. But yeah, uh, I remember that. Uh, I wasn't there either, but it was it was around that time. And uh, you know, he he would he he was he was a dangerous bull at one time, and and like I said, he was he was hard to ride, but. Uh, you know, there were some days, and maybe I got lucky. I had him on one of the days where he could stay on him. We were talking, uh, the I guess it had been last year, Corey, speaking of your bull riding days, and there's a there's a story where where some some guys were trying to pick a fight with you. You remember that? 
Yeah, we were we were talking about it there. Uh, me and Brian Richardson and, and DJ Domain, and I don't know if there was somebody else with us there. We were in Oklahoma City, and I forget what kind of bull riding was there that night, if it was a PBR or Extreme or something. Anyway, we were walking back to the hotel from the bar, and uh, and a group of guys kind of got around us and, and uh, said they wanted to wanted to fight one of us, but they'd pay us $100 if we stepped around in the alley there and fought one of them. And, you know, we'd been drinking a little bit and were kind of tuned up, and and uh, you could tell they weren't drinking at all, and they were they were ready. And uh, so after the kind of the new war off of that, and then we realized they were serious, uh, we started kind of checking them out, and they all were pretty muscled up, had cauliflower ears on them, and and really way too excited to go fight in the alley. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I, I'd probably want, I'd want enough money where a hundred dollars wasn't enough for me at the time. And then I thought I was pretty tough. And then the guys that I was with were pretty tough, but we really didn't want to find out. And, but they had done kind of circled around us and we kind of got nervous because there, there was about four or five of them, which was four too many for us. And, uh, <laughs> And so, anyways, yeah, we'll pay you a hundred dollars. Our guy will referee, and y'all step around here, and and then come to find out they were UFC fighters, and that's how they wanted to practice was come find some drunk guys to tune on in the alley. And, Probably uh, cheaper we, than a trainer, I'd imagine. Yeah, we we were the lucky winners that night. And <laughs> uh, so, anyway, we decided it wasn't going to work for us, and we. I don't know how Brian Brian was pretty good at talking his way out of stuff and, and we ended up talking our way out of it but uh I'd never been so glad to get on back to the hotel that night and uh <laughs> not have it not have earned that hundred bucks. That yeah. probably may have been the worst deal I would have ever done. So uh, but yeah, it was it, it was it, it was funny after the fact. It wasn't real funny at all at the time. It oh, it's it's funny listening to it, not and not having to be there. I bet it, the feeling wasn't good when they were circling you, and you realized. Well, and to be with Brian and DJ, they were two pretty funny guys. But uh, like I said, after the fact, it was funny at the time. Everybody had got real serious all of a sudden. <laughs> hey, uh, Corey, they were before... trying to tell us, "Oh, it'll be okay. It'll be all right. We're guys." And I thought, "No, there ain't nothing going to be okay about getting tuned on in the alley back here." <laughs> Before we get off of the the old bull riding stories, I want I want to hear about one more Phoenix of uh, Phoenix in 2002. You remember that one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I went to Phoenix and it was it was actually my birthday that year, and I went to actually some rodeos before I went out to Phoenix and uh, went out there and ended up uh, doing pretty good and rode. Uh, prime time in the short round and won the event and that was the first one I had won. It was probably the fourth, fifth, sixth event I'd been to. So, you know, I, I was about nineteen and 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 won pretty early in my career and I thought, man, this this is this is like shooting fish in a barrel here. And uh <laughs> and, and and it was pretty good times and uh the the funny part about that was I had I'd ridden abracadabra bad companies in the long round and he was just a good bull that everybody wanted to get on and and he was one of the ones I rode and then ended up winning it. Well the next week I had the I had him at Albuquerque and I thought, here I'm just to win another event again and about the second round he jerked me down and hit me in the chin and I hung up to him and he about killed me. And so I went from just thinking I was right any of them to the same bull just 
making me want to quit within a week. So it was it was quite the up and down. <laughs> well, I think the craziest part of that is that the good one hit you in the chin, and the one that ever hit everybody else in the chin on prime time, he didn't he didn't get you. How did he feel? Well, see, I was pretty new there at the time, and I didn't really know him, and so I wasn't scared of him, and and uh, which was the best. That's probably the only reason I rode him. And uh, a lot of guys there were talking about him, and, and you know, I didn't, I'd never seen him, so I didn't know what to think. And and uh, and I actually rode him fairly easy, uh, and he just bucked up there and kind of turned around there, and you know, he's kind of hard, but but uh, you know, when you're 19, you know, it wasn't no big deal. And uh, but anyway, so get off of him, go on, and the bull kind of turns into having the reputation, and they end up taking his horns off and and kind of just being a kind of rank eliminator kind of bull. But you know, the best thing ever happened was I didn't know him where he would probably buck me off second jump. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. That, that is something that I I think a lot of people maybe not think about that that are watching is the mental game that goes into it. Well, and, and and it was a big deal. I noticed being on tour all them years on with those good bulls that, you know, when you had, you know, your your kid rocks and your big bucks and your little yellow jackets, and you saw them just handing guys their butt every week, it was hard. And, and guys that rode better than you, you know, a Chris Shivers or Justin McBride, when you drew in the next week, it was hard to tell yourself you could stay on the damn thing. And I mean, you really had to be able to brainwash yourself to tell you you were. You were the man to do it that night, and then uh, you know it was fairly easy at rodeos or somewhere where you might not be getting on that kind of bull. But you know when you had a little yellow jacket and he just bucked Chris Shivers all five times in a row, and you're supposed to ride him, uh, you got to have a pretty positive mental image on how things are going to go. So uh, yeah, it, it had played a big big role on that because you saw a lot of the same bulls week in and week out. So you had to be pretty mentally prepared for uh, for for it every week. For sure, kind of uh, from the rodeo days to to your life now, uh, it seems like uh, with Melton Bull Company, you you guys have been extremely busy with with the competitions, the the bull teams, and you guys are on uh, got in with with Silver Creek Pro Rodeo, and heck, you guys stay booked up every week. It seems like. Well, it is, and and that was kind of the goal uh, coming into. You know, we always did the competitions and, and really played every game we could play just to, you know, give an avenue for these bulls to make some money. And then the rodeo deal came along, and it, and it seemed to fit what we were trying to do. Uh, you know, so the so the goal was to be really busy and, and have a job for the bulls at the end of the day and, and uh, you know, be busy enough where you could go somewhere whenever you got ready, but you weren't covered up in it. And, uh, you know, it, it's been a good fit so far. Uh, you know, I... I I have enough work for two people, but it only pays good enough for one. You know, <laughs> I think that's kind of the story for for the bull business. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, it, it, it's been really good. We've, uh, you know, put together a couple of good years and and uh, you know had some good bulls and and at the end of the day, I'm I'm doing what I enjoy doing. And so, uh, you know, if you can be successful at that, that's uh, you know, you got to get up every day and work at it because it's uh, just like your car. If you take your foot off the pedal, it stops. But uh, you know, you get up every day and do what you like doing. It's a pretty good deal. No, no better life than that. You guys are hauling. I mean, some you guys are having twenty twenty nineteen seems to be a really good year for you guys. We Buggenstock News did did a highlight on on Chaos Ghost. I want he was the high mark bull both days at, at Del Rio George Paul Extreme Bulls, correct? 
Yeah, and I, I actually when you told me that the other day, I didn't even know it. I didn't, I hadn't seen any bull scores, and I knew he was pretty good. But, uh, but yeah, that, that's a, that's a big deal. And uh, you know, for me, I, I've seen that bull kind of come along, and then from the time we acquired him, be really good. And so it really wasn't any surprise that he bucked down there. I was surprised he was the high mark bull because there was a lot of good bulls there. But uh, you know, I, it was, uh, yeah, it was that was a nice surprise. I remember seeing that bull, I think maybe a little bit before you guys bought him and then, then a lot after you guys bought him. And, and you guys have, have entered him a bunch. He's won a bunch of money, been on your guys' winning bull teams. Kind of seems to be, I mean, a uh, campaigner for you guys. He is. He, he's, you know, he's kind of one of those bulls that you buy enough of them, you'll finally get one. But, I mean, they're hard to replace because he's, you know, he's been dependable. He's good enough to go about wherever you want to go. He's been a finals bull just about everywhere, and you can count on him. And those bulls are, are you know, really priceless uh, in this business that, uh, you know, that you can count on day in, day out. Anywhere you take him, I mean, Del Rio's backwards load, outdoor, the whole deal, and he's probably bucked his best there. Or you can take him to the PBR. You can take him to any, anywhere you want to take him, and he's going to buck. And uh, regardless of the circumstance, and he's had anybody from Silvano to Sage Kimsey, and uh and still bucks so those kind of bulls are hard to you know he, he's i think he's seven this year and so i i thought he had kind of lost a little bit of step and so uh but if they can kind of lose a step and still be good enough to go anywhere or win on uh yeah they're they're hard to replace he's he's been a been a nice uh nice bull to have around what about uh another bull that that you've been i think is a four-year-old this year uh skyfall um, I've seen that bull have some super rank days. Be pretty hard to ride. He he he's a good one. He's one we raised actually, and uh, and he's an asteroid son. And and but he was a bull that was a two year old. Was his rank a two year old to have? But he just wouldn't. Uh, he just wasn't. He 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 would always buck real hard, but he'd make around and circle or go both ways. He just wasn't really a futurity type bull. Um, and he had days where he could win any futurity here at the house, but just in town he wouldn't. And I knew he'd work for a rider, and he has. Uh, and right now I'm kind of fighting. He looks like he gets pretty sore when I buck him, so I don't know exactly what's wrong with him. But he can be, you know, as rank as any bull going. Uh, he, he's a little bit small. It's the only thing working against him. But uh, he's got all the tools, and if we can kind of keep him healthy and keep him straight, uh, you know, I, I think he's a uh, – you know, I don't know if he's a world champion bull contender, but he's dang sure going to uh, place a lot of them, and I think he'll be the uh, one to look out for. What about uh, a bull that I remember seeing with the dummy, another bull I think you guys raised, if I'm not mistaken, another asteroid son. Um, I want to say his number was 506. Um, I remember he, he won a, a mineral wells when the UBBIs were there with a, with a dummy, I believe. Am I speaking of yep. the right one? Yep, that's him. He's a little brown bull, and and uh, same thing. He with a dummy. He's really good. Won a lot of money. He's a little bit small, so we didn't push him real hard. His three-year-old year, I think he won a little money. And uh, what I got into really was was at Seneca and some other places. They weren't. It taking about three or four seconds to really get wound up, and if they didn't ride him, he couldn't win. And so I took him to a few rodeos uh, here just the other day. Uh, I took him to Del Rio and Roswell, and just trying to get some guys to ride him. And that bull is his rank. Is probably any bull I've got. He's just a little bit small, uh, and probably weighs twelve fifty, maybe thirteen hundred. But if he was a fifteen hundred pound bull, I think he was as good as any bull walking. Uh, 
but you know, I'm on, I entered him at Seneca this week and going to try to play with him. He's not quite ready or big enough to go to, you know, the built for tough deal or the sure. Oscar, whatever they call it. But, uh, but yeah, maybe by the time he's five, I think he'll be a sure enough contender. So what's, what's, I mean, when you're talking about, you know, you guys play every game you, you can play, uh, if them bulls aren't working, um, you know, competition side of things is, is it probably takes, in my opinion, there's two different kinds of bulls. There there can be a ranked bull, but he may not be a competition bull, vice versa. Um, you, you put those bulls on, on the rodeo truck and, and try them and get some outs on them and, and maybe they, they work as a rodeo bull or maybe they come back to a competition bull. Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. You know, it, it, you just kind of, like I say, you're trying to find a job for all of them at the end of the day and, and where they fit in. And uh, so, you know, it, it, uh, the rodeo deal has been good where, you know, if, if the bull isn't getting rode much at a competition or you ain't quite winning what you need to win with him, he's still a usable bull. Uh, and, and, and bulls that can't win anymore, uh, as you know, are, are, you know, they're hard to move unless they have a job or, or a certain place they fit in. So uh, that's why we felt the rodeo deal would be a good, uh, a good fit for them. And, and just really it's hard to get the best out of these bulls if you're not, bucket them on a regular basis to keep them in shape and tuned up and whenever you got a really good bull but you can't buck him but once a month it, it really you know you want to doing him any good right you're not doing him any good and if he's not winning uh you know you're not doing anybody any good so you know it's just it's just trying to manage the bulls but make sure all of them have a job at some you know you got bulls here that can go to the bull team some that can't you got you know just just all these different avenues to go with them and that's what you're really trying to do is just have all um, you know, you play all the games that way, you know, you don't have to sell quite as many or, or whatever the case may be. But yeah, you try to, try to have a, try to have them all at least trying to pay their way some way. Whatever, whatever happened to old 797 Express, where'd that bull end up? <laughs> you know, I really don't know. Uh, uh, that was a strange, strange deal. He, he was at Circle T and, and we bred some cows to him and then, uh, had several guys call me wanting to buy that bull and and they didn't want to sell him at the time and and we're going to use him for a breed bull and then i don't know a few months later i showed up over there and he wasn't there and i heard they sold him at the sale barn and so i don't know it's kind of kind of a bad story but uh he, he just disappeared one day i don't know where he went and uh but yeah, <laughs> yeah I, always, I had him i always liked that bull he was cool he he was a good one and the, and the funny thing about him is is we had 13 recip cows over there and didn't have, and we were going to keep them because they were a nice little set of cows. And Dad decided to put 797 on them just to have calf, and and they threw the biggest, prettiest red calves you ever seen, and and it was pretty nice. And then we were going to use them to put on a rodeo cow the next year, and uh, things just kind of got sidetracked there. And so we never did get to breed any rodeo cows to him, I don't think. But he had a big set of Angus calves there one day. <laughs> did you ever buck them cows just for the hell of it? No, no, I never did. I, I was kind of doing my own thing at the time, and and uh, boy, they 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 looked like they would do it. I mean, they sure had all the look to them. But uh, but yeah, we uh, I was kind of too busy wrapped up my own deal here and didn't have time to go fool with them. And and uh, so no, we never did buck any of them. I, I don't think so. So what about uh, what about mineral wells? And the reason I'm asking about mineral wells is I saw that you guys went there and and when I was fighting bulls I fought mineral wells uh for oh heck probably four or five years and it seemed like every year it never failed it came a downpour and that arena turned to a pond was it that way this year 
It, it was, and I we actually we were there Friday, and it had it had threatened to rain all day, and didn't, and it was actually pretty good. It was a little sticky and wet, but it wasn't standing water or anything, and and uh, really got out of there pretty clean. But I know what you're saying. I, I rode there 20 years ago, and it poured down rain on me then, and uh, <laughs> and and seems like it rains every year at that rodeo. But uh, but Friday we get we we were lucky and got out of there, and and really had a good rodeo. And, and the bulls buck so so i was fortunate because i think friday i actually got home friday night about midnight and sat down and that's when the storm hit and it rained three inches and uh i heard it was pretty sloppy up there on saturday so we got out of there just in time i don't remember if it was uh you know one it was one of the days uh, of the, i think it was the first performance friday, thursday and uh the first they still bucked two sections there yep yep yeah so the first section i mean it was as I mean, beautiful as you could ask it to be at, at an outdoor rodeo. And then it seemed like about halfway through, three quarters of the way through, it it was as miserable as you could have at a rodeo. And like you watched the videos back from the first second, first section to the second section, it looked like you were at two different places, and it was just a matter of an hour, and it it come unleashed. Well, it was funny because I I got there and I thought I was in the first section and. And it wasn't. It was supposed to start raining about nine o'clock that night, and uh, and and so I thought, well, shoot, I'll be long gone by the time the rain gets here. When I got there, Jim said, "You're in the second section," and I thought, "Uh oh." And uh, but no, we, uh, I thought that same thing was going to happen. But no, we got out of there just in time, so it was all right. That's uh, yeah, that rodeo there's. What about what about Roswell? I I I did Roswell too for for Mark and and that memorial for his, his boy and, and his son what uh was that a good rodeo this year good rodeo. yeah it, it was a good rodeo the first one we had produced with uh with randy and then and, and silver creek and and uh kind of had most of the old crew there from silver creek but uh you know mark does a good job putting that rodeo on and, and it was good it was uh you know we had you know a lot of numbers and entries in every event uh i think there was I don't know, maybe 30 horse riders and, and uh, had, uh, shoot, maybe 40 bull riders there in two days. And, and it was a full perf both days and, and went pretty good. And, and like I said, it was it was the first rodeo that I'd went to for Silver Creek. And and uh, overall, I thought it was, it went real well and and uh, was happy with it. What about the, the chuck wagon, chuck wagon hospitality? Man, I, I, I tell you, I had, to, I had to stay away from there just because we had to work, and I didn't want to go over there. I thought if I went over there, I'd probably have to turn out and go take a nap somewhere. But, yeah, I think they cooked fajitas and something else over there. It was uh, They dang sure uh, go out of their way to, to feed you there. Heck yeah. yeah one, year, one year we were in Roswell, and the, uh, the power went out about halfway through the rodeo. Uh, I guess it was during a bronc riding, and it was pitch black dark for a long time and then it would flicker on and then it'd be dark again and the one one of the bronc riders got impatient it flickered on for a minute and he didn't care it flickered back off and he was screaming at him to open and he bucked him out across there in the dark but i bet you we sat there <laughs> I, I mean they were so frustrated and i bet we sat there for at least a couple hours in the dark waiting to get oh, yeah. you know well, I think they paid the we thought the aliens were coming back or something. We thought aliens <laughs> were messing with them. Well, they, they must have paid the light bill this year. The light stayed on the whole time. <laughs> so, well, what about uh, we're talking, you know, obviously about the bulls and stuff, but but there's a bull I, I wanted to ask because I, I think it's kind of a neat deal that that's going on and with him. 
but 38E, there's some kind of you're you're the handler for for like a, a little syndicate for him, correct? Yeah, it, it's a uh, it was kind of a deal. Um, I guess I can say we there there I believe there's eight of them in on him, and and all it was was a bunch of buddies got together and and guys that I knew and partners of mine, and then partners of theirs and friends and. And it, it was similar to kind of how the backseat bucker deal was that, you know, they, a lot of them had met through that and in the bull deal. And, and every year it seemed like we were going to HD selling, buying a bull, and, and uh, you know, they get pretty high there. But so one year I just, uh, Keith Strickland, a good friend of mine, he, uh, everybody knows him as Milk Baby. But anyway, he, uh, you know, we were always buying bulls and trading bulls. And I said, uh, you know, but the bulls just kind of got too high for us. And I said, why don't you get you and all your buddies that like to play and we'll, We'll go up there and buy us a bull and see how it goes. And I said, y'all can send him to me, and, and I'll train him and do whatever, and, and we'll see how it goes. And, and, and 38E is about the third one I think we bought, and the first two, uh, you know, were good bulls, but just weren't really superstars, I guess. And uh, so anyway, we finally, it, it was good because it took us about two years to get everybody on the same page and, and looking for the same kind of bull. And and then uh, so we kind of, we everybody gets their list together and, picks out their kind of top 10 and everybody's got a say in what bull we buy and, and uh, at the end of the day we try to come out on one particular bull and uh, he he was it this year and uh, you know he was kind of a rough start he, he did take some training and some tuning on and and sure enough some some uh, time spent with him but he's kind of seems to be putting it together a little bit here and and uh, you know them guys are happy and and, uh, and I'm happy for him I mean it's kind of a I really think that's kind of how the the bull business on that side is going to go with those, you know, when you buy a yearling for that kind of money, it's a big risk and not everybody can take it uh, individually. So if you can kind of get some friends together and they can all have fun and get them a bull that wins and and have a bull that individually they may not can afford or or want to buy and take that big risk, it kind of gives everybody the the option to play. And and he he was at Decatur um, last weekend and it was, 88 or so and want to check and is that bull gonna go is he paid up in the heritage uh for for next month i think so i'll have to i should know but i i believe he is i can't I, i'm not 100 percent on it usually uh that's kind of when when that group buys one we want all the incentives we get on them and uh and i think that was one but i could be wrong i'm not, I'm not sure so uh i'd have to look at it but i sure hope he is well, I mean, yeah <laughs> When you talk about you know training and having to tune on one, there's no no better time to kind of start peaking than now when it pays over a hundred thousand to win that one. Well, that he like I said he was kind of that you know I had to really put some time in with him, but he was kind of a he he was hard because he he would injure himself pretty easy or, or could if you so I haven't really pushed him that hard till now because he just kind of needed mature and really just needed a lot of uh, repetitions basically as far as getting handled and stuff and so he's kind of he's night and day better than he was when i started him and uh and like i said even the other day at decatur he didn't even move in the shoot usually i think dean took him to duncan the other day and he said he sat down like a dog and jumped around and (laughs) and so i mean he still has his moments but it but he's dang sure improving and like you said hopefully uh you know by june they get it all together he he was he placed pretty high up in duncan even though didn't he yeah, he ended up winning second uh, at Duncan, probably the best trip he's had this year. And and Dean took Wilson took him up there for me, and so I told Dean that you know he was hung with that bull the rest of the year. He was going to have to buck him, 
if he was going <laughs> to get that kind of score out of him. And well, and that and, was a tough. I mean, that was a really tough event. Went yeah. second at that deal. Yeah. 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 So, but he told me it was too much pressure, and so I was on my own. So, <laughs> uh, so, so, so all I could get out of him was 88 last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot. Well, Corey, I think it's probably getting about time for for the buff one, breed one, butcher one tour. I'm sure you you got some uh, ideas. We've been talking about a, a lot of bulls. Oh yeah, I got three bulls here for you, Corey. And just as a curiosity, given these three bulls, I'd like to know which one you'd buck, put on your truck, and haul down the road, and which one you'd want to breed to. And uh, well, that leaves which one you're going to put on the dinner plate and butcher. All right. They're all good bulls, and uh, we'll kind of see how this goes. First one is 045 Seven Dust, black bull. Yeah, yeah. Second one is 656 Quiet Riot. And yeah. lastly, 56 More Bucks. Wow. Man, you gave me really a <laughs> hodgepodge of stuff here. Uh, man, um I tell you what, I, uh, as bad as I hate to, oh, I don't even know where to go with this. Um, I'm thinking the same thing, Corey. Man, this this is a, I got, uh, I guess I would, uh, hmm, I would probably, good God, I might probably have to, <laughs> have to uh, maybe buck, more bucks. And uh, maybe breed quite right and, and kill seven dust. Uh, man, that, that's a that's an eliminator pin right there. So I don't know. That, I guess that's what I would do. That, that's I know the more bucks kids. I don't think there were very many did very much as much as they bred him. And I don't even remember how quite right was bred. And and seven dust was a short round bull. But God, he was about as ugly as a bull as you want to look at. <laughs> so. Yeah, that was a tough one there, but yeah, I guess I would have to buck more bucks and breed quite right and, and kill seven dust. What about you, Kyle? What are you going to do? Uh, man, I I don't know. I'm probably going to, I'm probably going to, uh, I don't, I don't really know. Uh, you know, more right. bucks probably won more money than all of them, so that, you got to buck him. <laughs> yeah, Get your know, money back, I guess. Well, yeah. <laughs> I guess I mean take the looks out of it. I'm probably gonna breed seven dust and and uh, buck more bucks and kill quite right. I wasn't a huge fan of that bull. Yeah, I, I don't have any idea what seven dust how he was bred. I thought right. I thought he came from Canada or somewhere, but yeah, I think he did. Yeah, but I have well, no idea. If I'm being honest, I was gonna breed more bucks until Corey just told me that he got bred to a lot, and I know I've only know of a couple calves out of him. So that's I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna go ahead and change my opinion. I'll buck him. Corey made a good point, and uh, I'm gonna do the same thing as you, Kyle. I'll kill quite right. Breed seven dust. Yeah. Well, well Corey, seven dust. You can put him on some black cows if he don't work. And yeah, yeah, it wasn't headed cows. It wasn't. Uh, we, we weren't necessarily breeding <laughs> breeding bucking cows here. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they come out of Canada. They ought to be big anyway. Yeah, for sure. Well, Corey, appreciate you coming on and talking with us, and and sounds like you you got things going in every direction, and and we wish the best of luck with you, and maybe uh, see you at the NFR PBR finals, and and heck, and maybe in the winter circle next month at the Heritage. I sure hope so, guys. I appreciate it. You bet. Well, thanks everybody, and it's been another episode of 
Buzzing Stock News Podcast.